Welcome uh, to episode 174 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It is uh, it is Saturday, people. Uh, Saturday, the 2nd of January. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2nd of January, 2000, 2021. And um, I hope you're doing well out there. The new year. We are uh, second day in, baby. Uh, how's it going for you? Uh, I hope it's going well. Uh, hey man, I'm glad to see the back of 2020. The amount of fucking posts about that, um, in the last 24 stroke 48 hours. Um, fucking Jesus. Yeah. It's, you know, it'll be something else when there was another Annus Horribilis, uh, I imagine we'll be uh, uh, around the corner and it's got not going to be uh, much better than last year. But anybody break the resolutions yet? <laughs> hey, man, every year uh, I'm going to be a better person. I am going to be more positive. I am going to write more. I am going to do more. I am going to live my life. All the people out there, you're just going to just admit to yourself you're going to do the same as what you've done every year, which is start off with good intentions, let it slide towards the end of January, not give a fuck by the end of February, and by March you're going to be doing the same old shit that you were doing before because that's what we are as a species, people. If anything, um, we are uh, predictable in our... our, uh, in the way that we uh, behave and our behaviours. So um, fair play to you if you have uh, started any New Year's resolutions or anything like that. Um, I haven't. I'm not really a resolution um, uh, sort of person, really, to be perfectly honest. I just seem to... Most of us are just bumbling through, aren't we? Are we not just doing that? Instead of making these fucking big statements about what we're going to do, 2021 is going to be my year, man. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, all these people fucking giving up smoking, giving up drinking, giving up fucking eating chocolate. And then by June, you'll be stuffing your face, drinking beer, smoking more than you've ever smoked. Kicking into emphysema. Um, who knows? I don't know. Um, anyway, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a, uh, a, 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 thank God last year is over. I hate to be one of those people, but um, it's uh, it's looking a little bit brighter this year anyway, isn't it? Isn't it looking a little bit brighter this year? We've got, like, fucking vaccines coming out and shit like that. The potential of... Uh, Getting out of the house, meeting and socialising with people. Uh, I don't know what anybody else's New Year's Eve was like, but mine was uh, particularly dull. <laughs> it's just fucking staying in. Not that it's ever not that now. Um, as I was speaking to, uh, saying saying uh, before on, on the old podcast, um, over the age of like 25 I think that's the sort of age where you start staying in. If you're still going out into town, drinking in pubs on a New Year's Eve in your 40s, something has gone drastically, drastically wrong in your life. Uh, in your 40s, you ought to be on the fucking sofa uh, 
potentially under a blanket, staying up to see the new year in. And then you reach the age where you're in your 50s and 60s where you just think, oh, fuck it. I'd rather I'd rather have uh, have a decent night's kip and not stay up uh, for the uh, for the new year. I think my nan still stays up for the new year. My nan's uh, 98. I think she still stays up for the new year to see the new year in. Not that there's anything really to see. A few fireworks on the fucking telly. <laughs> That's all it was this year. A few fucking fireworks on the telly. The old national anthem. Jules Holland. They fucking drag him out every year, don't they? Like, for his hoot and any shit, he plays some... <laughs> fucking stuff on the piano. Ship out the bit. Is this the same as what you've been doing for the last fucking 30 years, just with, like, new artists to uh, make it seem as though you're cool? Make it seem as though you're sort of, like, um, uh, appealing to the younger generation by having somebody like fucking Stormzy on or something like that. They don't respect you, Jules. They don't respect you. Um, yeah, so uh, let's have a little bit of tea and get this started, um, get this party started. Uh, there we go. Nice bit of tea for the new year. Um, yeah, there's not uh, not a lot I've uh, been doing. I went for a fucking walk. Um Everybody's going for a walk, and they everybody loves going for a fucking walk. Um, so we went for a little wander around uh, Sutton Park, which is quite nice. Um, walking through there, having a little look around the old uh, woods and shit. It's actually quite nice. Um, if anyone's ever been around Sutton Park in Sutton Coalfield, um, it is actually quite nice. There is is a plethora, a smorgasbord of sausage dogs. I don't know what the fuck it is about quite middle-class areas, but, like, it is a smorgasbord of sausage dogs and French bulldogs. If you want to steal a sausage dog or a French bulldog, as has been happening in various areas up and down this country, for some reason, uh, dogs seem to be a high-class commodity at the moment. <laughs> Everybody's, like, in lockdown, can't go out and suddenly gone. I want something to love me unconditionally. Um, but there is a fucking uh, shitload of fucking sausage dogs around uh, in Sutton Coalfield. That's for fucking sure. Little dicky things wearing their little, you know. For some reason, a dog's fur isn't enough these days. They have to, they have to wear a little gilet uh, to keep themselves warm. Even dogs have turned into fucking pussies during this uh, pandemic. Even dogs... The hardiest breed, man's best friend, apparently, until they rip a child's face off. Um, even they need to uh, um, warm up a little bit and wear jackets these days. That's it. And not just any old jacket. They've got to be designer ones like Mummy's Little Fucking Soldier or something like that in Diamante Diamonds on the back. God knows what that is. Um Anyway, um, so we've uh, we have we are into the new year. I am making plans this year. I know I've just said about uh, I despise people. Um, it's just make yourself feel better. That's the that's the point I'm trying to make about New Year's resolutions. Make yourself feel better. Don't go through that whole. I'm gonna change my life. Shit. I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be the best version of me I can be. Don't go through that shit. 
just um, uh, admit that you're probably going to do the same shit you've always done. And then you don't have that guilt trip (laughs) of failing at your resolutions or failing of where you want to be halfway through the year. Just carry on regardless, however you've been carrying on. And um, and (laughs) what a defeatist attitude that is. Um, Anyway, um, let's uh, let's start on. What are we about 10 minutes in eight and a half minutes in? Let's have a little bit more tea and then we'll start on these fucking uh, uh, news stories because we've got fuck all else to talk about with regards to uh, gigs or anything like that, have we? Uh, let's have a little bit of tea. Hopefully, though, there does seem to be movement within the gig community and gigs uh, seems to be being advertised. Um, I think um, with regards to uh, anything I had, I had something booked in in April, I think it was, and um, uh, doing a like half hour, recorded half hour over two nights um which is uh dead in the water at the moment just when you get an opportunity it gets snatched away from you this is what i mean about getting your hopes up about people uh about things people um but hopefully that'll come off later on in the year but gigs are starting to everybody's starting to sort of like jostle a little bit which is what's going to happen um every as soon as the gigs start up again everybody's going to be applying for it um so um it's just a case of i'm gonna take it kind of like a little bit easy and just smooth back into it doing a few new material nights i think and just getting my vibe back baby uh and getting up to speed again because like i literally haven't gigged since when was it october and the last gig was a fucking wank fest (laughs) Uh, i ain't gonna lie to you it was a bit of a wank fest um but um you know it can only be what we do isn't it i was vastly underprepared and um and thought hey i'm fucking ben briggs i've got this shit and then halfway through i was like oh shit i haven't actually got this shit no more um i'm gonna have to put in a little bit more work than i have been putting in but hey you live and learn people don't you you live and learn um anyway Talking about people who are um, who have gone missing, <laughs> there's no, no link there whatsoever. I love the randomness of that link, that segue. Um, uh, this did make me laugh actually, um, because this is this is one of those things where people get away with shit because everybody's a bit of a fanny these days and daren't point the finger and go, you're fucking bullshitting me, old fruit. Uh, Jaguar Land Rover worker who missed 808 shifts on sick leave wins court battle. Rick Rumbold, who lived close to the Castle Bromwich plant, had sick days amounting to nearly £100,000 of pay. Ah, oh, Vic! This guy's a fucking professional. Uh, a Jaguar Land Rover worker who missed 808 shifts and cost the car company £95,850 in sick pay has won his legal battle over unfair dismissal. So not only that, he's now going to get a fucking payout for that. Vic Rumbold, who lived cr- close to the Castle Bromwich plant, was absent for a number of reasons during his 
near 20 years at the car giant. He did not attend work because of health reasons, injuries at work, and on one occasion, an alleged assault. Was it an alleged assault that happened to him? It says alleged assault. So even, you know, even they're going, "Mm, I'm not sure that happened. Uh, A Birmingham Employment Tribunal was told 405 of those shifts were missed in Mr. Rumbold's final four years. <laughs> Fucking hell. 405 shifts in four years he missed. So 405 days. Jesus, that's that's like over a year off work. Like if you he worked every day. That's it, over a year off work. Launch manager John Carter, who conducted a company employment review, said, honestly... It's the worst absence record I've ever seen. 808 shifts. Price for the organization is almost underground. There is not one year since 2000 with full attendance record. The company, however, failed to carry out the correct procedures. Ah, here we go. Um, Before sacking Mr. Rumbold in December 2018 on the grounds of conduct and capability. (laughs) I'm surprised he fucking turned up to the tribunal. Um, in his uh, the tribunal judge in his report concluded JLR that must be uh, his acronym did not oh uh, Jaguar Land Rover that's it did not properly apply attendance management procedures and had not reasonably reached a stage under that process where they could consider dismissal. <laughs> so he's fucking took the piss. That's what he's done. He's took the piss. He's fucking aced it out the park with fucking sick days. Everyone likes a fucking sick day. Don't get me wrong. But this guy is on a fucking nother level. In four years, if you take over a year off and then they take you to a tribunal, but they haven't fucking crossed the T's and dot the I's. Oh, fuck me. So you get away with it. He had he added at best had the AMP been applied properly. They would fucking hell uh, would have reached a stage where the claimant could have been issued with counselling or warning concerning his absences and the need for improvement to avoid sanction. Simply put, they should have followed their own procedures and at a point in time they decided to dismiss the claimant. This was not a sanction which fell within the range of reasonable responses. Oh, fucking hell. Old old Rumbold's got a fucking... Rumbolder, the Bailey there, he's got a fucking good lawyer. And somebody who's picked it apart and gone, well, did they follow all these procedures down? Well, this is their own procedures. Whereas Jaguar Land Rover have just looked at it and gone, this guy's taking the fucking piss. We can just get rid of him now. Oh, dear. Uh, Let's have a look. Let's have a little bit more tea. Hang on. Mr. Rumbold experienced problems with his hip in early 2018 and was diagnosed with uh, a vascular necrosis disease, which causes chronic pain. Here we go. Such pain that he was unable to work from March the 12th to August 13th of that year. Hip replacement was needed, which put him out of action for a further 12 weeks. Um, Jaguar Land Rover aware, aware of the disability. Come on, man. He said he was told a job recording car vehicle registration numbers, which allowed him to sit down and use a walking stick, would last for at least a month. He did it for only a week. Mr. Rumbold described the job as made-up role to get me back to work. So they're fucking... 
have done everything they fucking can to get this geezer to work. And he's just gone, nah, you're right. It's okay. <laughs> I'd rather go off sick again if that's all right. Is there any chance you can move my fucking sofa into work, put my TV on the wall, and I'll think about coming in whilst I'm checking a few number plates? Is that all right? Oh, fucking hell. The first day left in a minute. I mean, you know. But the, that's the worst thing about this these days. Nobody can point the finger and go, look, mate, you're taking a piss because A, they'll go off with stress. B, they're fucking leaving themselves in the lurch for any mental health bullying issues that are out there. So this is what the way it ends up. You end up with a geezer taking 808 fucking shifts off. Fuck me. Jesus. In a 20-year period, that's almost like... That's got to be like four years, something like that, in it? At least four years off. He's only worked like 16 years out of 20 or something. And that's assuming he does five days. <laughs> you know, his shifts could be 12-hour shifts, and he does three shifts a week. Ah, oh, fucking... This guy's a fucking unbelievable. What did he get? Did he get a payout or something from this? Mental stress? Got to be. Uh, we need to consider the conduct absence. Uh, what did he get? Uh, let's have a look. Doesn't say. Uh, yeah, compensation will be decided next year. He's going to get a fucking payout as well. Not only has he took the piss. This guy's a fucking legend. Not only has he took the piss. Ah, I'd take, it, I'd take my hat off to you, Rumbold. I'd take my hat off to you. Um, fucking hell. That's the thing with things these days, though, isn't it? You just can't just get rid of somebody and say, fuck off, you're useless, you're taking a piss, because they'll come back with, actually, although I've had 100 grand, I'd rather have a little bit more if that's okay. And I think the law is on my side. Uh, fucking hell. Let's have a little bit more tea, hang on, before we start the next bit. There's somebody grabbing money, and um, here's somebody um, who, uh, who 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 just wants to give his money away. He could have gave it to old uh, um, fucking Rumbold there. The billionaire who wanted to die broke is now officially broke. This is the uh, thing. It took decades, but Chuck Feeney, the form, former billionaire, co-founder of retail giant Duty Free Shoppers, as seen in every fucking airport, has finally given all his money away to charity. He has nothing left now, and he couldn't be happier. What, what's he going to live on? He's only 89. He could live till he's 100. Charles Chuck Feeney, who co-founded airport retailer Duty Free Shoppers with Robert Miller in 1960, amassed billions whilst living a life of monk-like frugality. As a philanthropist, he pioneered the idea of giving while living, spending most of your fortune on big hangs-on charity, hands-on charity bets instead of funding a foundation upon death. Since you can't take it with you, why not give it all away? Have control of where it goes and see the results with your own eyes. Uh, Jesus. He's donated uh, more than $8 billion to charities, universities and foundations worldwide. Through, I mean, it's very... It's a very noble thing to do, isn't it? You know, you make fucking billions, you give it all away for charity, you can, you know, you can see you're helping little kids and shit like that. Um, but the rest of his family must be going, you fucking asshole. 
I could have been set for fucking life. You've given away eight billion. That would like be more than enough for generation after generation after generation. Because he's bound to have, you know, a couple of generations down. You always get some playboy, don't you? You know, who hasn't earned the money and just inherited it and just goes and spunks it up the wall. But, you know, even for his kids, there'd be money left, wouldn't there? You know, eight billion. You know, it's it's hard to get through eight billion if you're just spending it on fucking Lamborghinis, Ferraris and expensive prostitutes, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, if you you know, giving it away to charities and shit. But his kids must be like, oh, fucking hell. Has he got kids? Or his inheritance? When I first... Uh, let's have a look. But Feeney was uh, coming from the manual master fortune selling luxury goods to tourists and later launched private equity powerhouse General Atlantic. Lives in an apartment in San Francisco that has the austerity of a freshman dorm room. Uh, when I visited a few years ago, inkjet printed photos of friends and family hung from the walls over a plain wooden table. On the table sat a small lucite plaque that read, Congratulations to Chuck Feeney for eight billion of philanthropic giving. Is that it? <laughs> I bet the fucking charities loved him. Come on in, Chuck. Come on in. Have a little seat there. You know, you can have that shabby fucking thing. I know you're into all that shit. Anyway, how much are you going to give us this month? <laughs> and you know for a fucking fact some of those charities will waste that fucking money like they always do. S spending it on fucking some sort of leaflet campaign that never goes anywhere or, you know, hiring upper class people to go over and fucking look after a group of monkeys whilst they take photos of themselves. Uh, let's have a look. Feeney gave big money to big problems, whether bringing peace to Northern Ireland. How, how did he do that? Modernising Vietnam's healthcare system or spending $350 million to turn New York's long-neglected Roosevelt Island into a technology hub. He didn't wait to grant girls after death or gifts. Uh, girls. <laughs> gifts after death or set up a legacy fund that annually tosses pennies at a... $10 problem. He hunted for causes where he could have a dramatic impact. Um, yeah, fucking hell. And now he's stuck living in a flat with his printed pictures out and uh, and sitting there going, oh, fuck. I mean, he could live for another 10, 15 years in fucking... And he's like, oh, fucking hell. When his printer breaks down... <laughs> <laughs> when his printer breaks down, he's like, oh, fucking hell. If I'd have kept some back, I could have bought a laser printer and had some more photos of the people who I don't hear from anymore because I haven't got any fucking money. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Where did this $8 billion go? Let's have a look. Uh, Feeney gave $3.7 to education, including nearly $1 billion to his alma mater, Cornell, which he attended on the GI, GI Bill. More than $870 million went to human rights and social change. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> just that worked. Uh, like $62 million in grants to abolish the death penalty in the US. Well, um, you know, that's another fucking waste. That's not been, uh, that's not been achieved. 
and 76 million for grassroots campaigning supporting the passage of Obamacare. Oh, fuck. And that's just been repealed. Jesus, this guy, this shouldn't be, he has fucking, you know, given away 80 billion or 8 billion. It should be this guy has wasted and been talked into. He's an 87-year-old man who has been manipulated and talked into wasting 8 billion dollars. Uh, he gave more than 700 million in gifts to health ranging from a 270 million dollar grant to improve public health care in Vietnam. I suppose that would have done something. Uh, to a 176 million gift to the Global Brain Health Institute, uh, a partnership program between Trinity College Dublin and the University of California. One of Feeney's final gifts, here we go, 350 million uh, to Cornell to build a technology campus on New York City's Roosevelt Island is a classic example of his giving philosophy. While notoriously frugal in his own life, Feeney was ready to spend big and go for broke when the value and potential impacted outweighed the risk. Fucking hell. He's wasted. It looks like he's wasted at least a billion of that. Um, One billion to his alma mater, Cornell. One billion dollars. Fuck's sake. I bet they were fucking rubbing their hands. Yeah, 62 million in grants to abolish the death penalty. 76 million grassroots campaigns. Obamacare. That's fucking wasted. There's about 150, 130, 140 million wasted there, you fucking idiot. (laughs) It's inheritance. People in... Oh, no. Fucking hell. Keep him away from... Hey, where's he gone? Where's he gone this weekend? He's gone Cornell University. Ring him. Ring him immediately. Get him back. Get him back. He'll sign fucking anything. Just get him back. Jesus. All I want is a fucking Prius. Just summit to save the fucking planet. Who knows? How many trees could he have planted with that 8 billion that would have done more good saving the planet than uh, spending it on a fucking few computers on a fucking island (laughs) i don't know man these people who give away um you know who have like you know who yes it's a very noble thing giving away that amount of money but you can only think like that when you've got that amount of money you know i see we all see homeless people all the time don't we in the street and that he could have totally eradicated homelessness in uh, in uh, in the United States, more or less, I imagine, with that. But he's thought, oh, I'm going to spend 62 million in grants to abolish the death penalty. How's that working out? <laughs> Eight more executed yesterday. So to be perfectly honest with you, not great. People on death row going, oh, thank God. Chuck Feeney is going to save me. Hey, what do you mean this is my last meal? Well, actually, it's oysters and champagne. Uh, we're using that Chuck Feeney Murray to, uh, money to give you a little bit of a bit of a treat before you we uh, absolutely fry your fucking body in an electric chair. <laughs> oh fuck me! What a fucking waste! I've wasted some fucking money in my time. 
you know, we all waste money, don't we? Oh, I'll get that fucking little trinket thing. That looks cool, doesn't it? What? 20 quid? Oh, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll pay for it. And it all adds up, doesn't it? You look at your credit card statement at the end of the month. He looks at his bank statement and it's like, oh, you know, 62 million to fucking abolish, like, the death penalty. Oh, Jesus. That never worked out. 62 fucking million. Jesus. His bank statement must be horrendous, just constantly going out. His business manager just going, hey, just uh, just fucking hold on a little bit. Well, yeah, why don't why not just invest it in some property or something like that? Hey, get some better pictures up on the wall. Maybe a new wooden desk, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> treat yourself to an... Chuck, just treat yourself to a new wooden desk. Maybe a different apartment. Maybe a two-bedroom apartment. Maybe not live like a fucking student. In your 80s. Ah, Jesus. Um, (coughs) Oh, fucking hell. Still got a bit of a chesty cough thing going on there. Jesus. What you would do, uh, what I would do with eight... I mean, eight billion is a ridiculous amount of money. You could just literally... You know, you can buy anything. You could have a new sofa every fucking day, a different car every fucking day of the year that you drive. Yes, and it must get boring. But there is something, there's always something about those people who give away millions and millions and stuff like that, that he kind of wants the recognition now. It, it seems to have that sort of thing, doesn't it? Hey, guys, look at me. I'm Mr. Big Bucks. I can sort this problem. Hey, death penalty. There you go. I'm going to throw money at that. Is it solved yet? No. Who gives a shit? Do I look like a great guy? Hey, I'm a great guy. It's kind of got that, like, attitude to it, and it, you know, at least leave something in your will, yes, for charity and stuff like that, probably to get around some sort of, like, tax thing. That's what a lot of people... That's what you can do in this country. You can give to charity in your will, and then it has some sort of effect on um, how much uh, inheritance tax the people inheriting from you have to pay. I think it knocks off the inheritance tax or something like that. I don't know. So I've been told anyway. Who knows? Um, But all these people who seem to uh, give away a fortune, it's like, hey, I'm a great guy. I wonder if... I just want to know if anyone is ringing that Chuck Feeney now to see how he is. Or they've just... Ah, well, fuck it. He's got no money left anymore because you know there's going to be cutthroat bastards out there working for those charities who are just taking his money, licked his ass while he had the money, and then just like, mm, just not answering his phone calls now. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to see how the old death penalty. Oh, uh, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to talk to me now. Um, talking about not talking anymore, um, that is um, episode. Uh, 174 of the Ben Briggs podcast. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, or you want to speak to me at all, uh, contact me. It is just uh, podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday, um, motherfuckers. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I shall speak to you, as I say, (laughs) repeating myself, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Take care.